You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even hear you well. Hi, this is Sammy Wazell. Uh, Proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't touch on hospitality. Oh, all right. Hey, it's Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com. I'm on the phone with one of my oldest friends and greatest people ever, Rob Matashita, playwright, movie maker. We're on video Skype. It's very exciting. This is a big moment. Rob and I went to high school together. But what happened was uh, on the Facebook page, Art Wheeler wrote that he had accidentally watched cheerleader, cheerleader ninjas or ninja cheerleaders on right. um, Netflix. And then Rob wrote... Oh, I got an opinion on this film. So I felt bad that Art watched this movie for no reason. Rob has a real point to this film. So I watched it this morning, and let me just tell you, my car broke down after buying a new car. This is more annoying than my car breaking down. I, it's funny. I was talking, I was on Skype uh, with my girlfriend last night, and we were talking about, um, we were talking about the movie Trust with uh, Clive Owen that David Schwimmer directed. Which is like arguably, it's a great movie, but it's like it's one of the most depressing movies ever. And I was like, man. And she said, hold on a second, I gotta. Um, and she got up to go to the bathroom. And so, like, since I was watching Cheerleader Ninjas, so we could talk about it today, I turned on Cheerleader Ninjas for the two minutes it took for her to go and come back. And I was like, that, you know, that two minutes of watching Cheerleader Ninjas was more depressing. <laughs> she put that on the box. When I was talking about Clive Owen's daughter being raped and they'll never catch the rapist. It's like, <laughs> it's just so... I, I sent you the link where Rich Evans from uh, uh, the uh, from Letter to Red Letter Media, they have a show, a web series called uh, Best of the Worst. And Rich Evans coined this term called non-medy, where it's like, uh, it's it's... You have two reactions to a joke normally, which is like you either laugh or you don't laugh. Mm-hmm. And a moment of nonmedy is where you actually you smile a little less. Like it actually takes away a laugh that you had in the past. Like when you were banking, uh, it goes away. You know, and if anything good is to be said about cheerleader ninjas, it's that there's so little time between the moments of nonmedy. <laughs> What do you mean between the the so-called jokes is a little bit of time? Right. Yeah, it's just infuriating. You got really, really quiet on my end. I turned on the gain. I thought it was getting cool. Is that better? Oh, yeah, it's good. Um, A little technical speak. Yeah, the show, show, the movie is a lot of cheap jokes, which works in movies like Pandemonium. Remember that film? Uh Or Saturday the 14th. Yeah, Dick Smothers. We might have seen Pandemonium together in high school. It's We've possible. probably been talking about the same movies for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Student Bodies. Student Bodies yeah, is another one. I was comparing a lot to Student Bodies as well, yeah. And that made me laugh, Student I Bodies. Mean, I thought that was... And there's a part in Trust, I don't remember this, where Clive Owen says, um, my daughter was just raped, my wife left me, and I just saw cheerleader uh, ninjas. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, this day could not get worse. Oh, Jesus Christ. Man, this just keeps getting better and better. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This day couldn't get worse. I just rented this VHS called uh, Cheerleading (laughs) Ninjas. 
And it's like if you read it on VHS, that's how dedicated you are to to watch it unbroad. Well, it's it's funny because I watched because when I watched this, I watched it for a movie review site um, that's that's no longer up. And I was watching it with uh, two friends of mine, and maybe because I was watching it with uh, a woman and a gay uh-huh. man, a lot of that had maybe that some of that. I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks it's like, did that color my opinion of it? It's like, no, no, no. We all were on the movie side for the first minute, like. When it first started, I actually kind of we we all smiled and chuckled at the gag about how when it said cheerleader ninjas at the beginning, and then it says here are the other titles we almost used, and we kind of smiled like oh okay this could be a really funny joke, and then it's like it's I don't have a problem necessarily with like scatological humor or even necessarily gay jokes if they're actually funny. But it's like, there are so many of them that it goes from parody into fetish territory. Like, it's just like they didn't, they're not responsible with humor. You know what I mean? Right. Humor is such a gift and you, you, you blew it. And right. so, we, you know, the humor is like, I'll let you make a Jewish reference or a black reference or, because it's going to be funny or it's going to be pointy. It's going to make sense. But this was just a stereotyped over the type top uh gay character that doesn't exist in real life and then all right so if you you said you have the imdb page open up read yes, the I description do. of the yes, film because there's a really funny thing in the description okay uh let's see it says here uh four perky clueless cheerleaders from the happy valley high hamsters are mistakenly blamed for the meddling church ladies for the invasion of the internet smut into their children's bedrooms the church ladies hire Stephen, a sexually ambiguous Stop. teacher. Sexually who, ambiguous? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing ambiguous about that. No. And they even say, I mean, like, they make the joke at the beginning where they say, he's sexually ambiguous, and then it says underneath in parentheses, all right, he's gay, are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, nothing will ever make me happy again. Jeez. You ruined Christmas. <laughs> You've ruined Christmas. You've ruined happiness. Like, I feel like if you put this and Blazing Saddles on at the same time, you actually create room temperature. Like, that's Non-comedy this like. comedy is? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, is um, a non-comedy, is that intentional to be that bad? I, you know, I don't think so, because it's like if you... Because I, remember I mentioned before, like, when I wrote... The, the, one of the things, and I don't know if you've run into this, because I got to think you, you must have. I mean, you, you actually get some of the people who were involved with the movies that you talk about. Uh, to come in and talk about them, you know, like you had Shadow Stevens in for tracks, you know, and you had uh, um, uh, the guy who actually directed the room in for the room, and the so guy who like, claims he actually directed the room. The guy, yeah. So, um, back in like two thousand and three, I think two thousand and two, when uh, two thousand and three it would have been, um, when I reviewed this, one of the downsides because I are the whole hook of the website that I was writing for was that these were all like direct to video movies. But something that you don't think about is that, you know, if you, like, shit all over something like, say, Avatar, you know, James Cameron isn't going to come find you. Like, James Cameron isn't going to come to your website, your dinky little website, and, you know, start taking you to task. But, like, guys like the producers of Cheerleader Ninjas apparently have nothing but free fucking time. (laughs) So, so, like, and then, because the funny thing is, is that, like, that review, the, the website's no longer there, so you can't see, like, the back and forth he and I had. But if you go to the IMDb page and click on the first response where it says an open letter to Kevin Campbell, who's the man who directed it, the first comment after that comment where he mentions the, the person who was complaining about it, it says, like, basic comedy doesn't mean farting every single scene. 
and I find this this line funnier than anything that's in Cheerleader Ninjas by how not funny it is, where he's like, farting is not in every scene, not even close. Stick to the facts. Well, actually, he's <laughs> wrong. It is close. It is close to every it's fucking pretty, scene. If you t- it's like, you know, like, don't don't watch this movie. It's on it's on Netflix view instantly. Um, if you, you know, if you turn it on, like just every time you hear a fart joke, hit a timer and then just time out how long it takes before they get to another fart joke. Cause it just, it just feels like if I had to, um, if I were only allotted oxygen every time there was a fart joke in this movie, I would be able to breathe for the duration. I was going to say, if you took a dollar every time and put it in a jar, every time there was a fart joke. After the movie, go take yourself to a nice dinner. <laughs> right. You could buy another car. <laughs> That's how I'm financing this car. Put a dollar in a jar and then send it to me so I can get a Mercedes. With with my with my crazy satirical sci-fi concept of people giving me money because I heard a fart joke in a shitty movie made in 2002. <laughs> hey, it's the next Indiegogo. I mean, everyone's going to try it if it works. Yeah. It's the oh, next man. Bitcoin. I think, oh my God, did we just have the million dollar idea? <laughs> I fart. <laughs> <laughs> fart coin. Uh, fart coin. Stock. So if you're looking for, listen, if you bought stock in Bitcoin, hold on, <laughs> and you lost money and it disappeared, we, Rob and I are going to double your money right now. It's right. called fart coin. All right. <laughs> I think, yeah, I feel like this should be like, you know, there used to be that show called, this like the show in the 1960s called The Millionaire, uh-huh. where like there was a millionaire who would give people you know, like he would just show up and give people money, but you couldn't tell anybody where the money came from. You know, I was just this general philanthropist. I like the idea of there being a remake of it, but he just gives you money uh, for as many fart jokes as you hear in a movie. And then you find the golden goose <laughs> because the catch is, is that they've got to be a lot of fart jokes, but you've got to not laugh during. Anything. Oh, well, then you're fine. And then you're fine. The cheerleader ninjas is the golden goose. And then finally, there's a there's a happy ending. The millionaire, they, yeah, they have a little asterisk and says not cheerleader, ninja, cheerleader ninjas. <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the guy is terrible. So the guy contacts you, right? Didn't he get mad? He went right. back and forth. That happened to me once with uh, Roman Coppola. Years really? and years ago, uh, I, I have a, it's still up. It's mediayenta.blogspot.com, and I wrote a whole thing about I hate the word dupe duality because it just sounds so pretentious when a director says well the duality you know you talk about cheerleader ninjas or well the du- duality of cheerleaders you're like well, that's such <laughs> so he said it on the on the treatment the elvis mitchell show where people go on and sound pretentious so you know in fairness to him he was on elvis mitchell's show <laughs> but he says duality so i wrote about it and then he wrote me back and then he was this movie he made wow. called deadfall which bucky's oh bucky's yeah, with like Michael, Michael Bean, Bean and uh, Nicholas yeah. Cage and James Colburn, I think, or James Con, mm-hmm. one of the Jameses. Um, yeah, so Bucky Sinister wants me to review it, but it's just such a weird movie. Anyway, he said he wrote and said, "Yeah, Deadfall is a bad film. I'll agree, but screw you or something." So I, I, I took off. I agreed with him, but I think I called him a hack or something for no reason. So I took that down. But fuck him. And first of all, fuck you for saying your movie's bad. Stand up for it. You're not going to say anything like that about your girlfriend. I know. I mean, I'm a playwright here in Madison, and, and there was a time in my life where, like, when somebody said something bad about, uh, like, a critic wrote something bad about the play, I'd go on my blog and make fun of that critic oh. just just for the catharsis of it. Um, and uh, I stopped doing that because I think when James Cameron did it, 
and somebody somebody actually linked to my page uh who's another playwright who I didn't know was from a completely different state and just and said this guy right here is an example of everything that's wrong with being a playwright. It was something like that of like of calling out a, a critic. It's like you do your play, that's what you say. What the critic says, that's what he says, and that's where the argument is. Don't don't go don't go on uh, go out and say fuck you. My play is good, and I kind of agree with that, so I stopped doing it. Well, you got to agree. I mean, he's <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and but then there's this whole thing where like. You know, again, the, he has, you know, he keep he. I think the idea is that he just this guy. It's not Kevin Campbell. It's this guy Tony Osio, which I, I hate saying his name because I feel like that makes him a little more famous who is that? and and lends credibility. That he's the guy who like executive producer of Cheerleader Ninjas. So he's the guy who goes on and and basically browbeats you into acknowledging that his movie isn't the worst thing that's ever made, which is true. Underground comedy movie is the worst thing that's ever been made. Maybe inappropriate movie, which is the sequel. But anyway, um, <laughs> but my favorite thing about like when he like when he's like it's not even close to the worst movie ever made, and he felt the need to like he said on my the the website that mm-hmm. I wrote for uh, that he was like the first thing he says is well Joe Bob Biggs gave us a good review, so that means more to me than your review. And I'm like the fact that you're commenting on my review. <laughs> doesn't necessarily prove that my review doesn't mean anything to you. It means the opposite. <laughs> it, it actually kind of means the opposite. And Joe Bob Briggs is not a real person! <laughs> and he was like, that's not quite true, you're being disingenuous there. Like, Joe Bob Briggs is a pseudonym. You know, well, now and, you're, and now you're you cutting, now you're getting petty. Yeah, and he's like, would you discount all of Stephen King's work because he wrote as Richard Bachman? It's like, but Stephen King doesn't go to, like, sci-fi conventions dressed in a Richard Bachman costume. <laughs> like, he doesn't have a Richard Bachman persona, you know? Yeah, um, he's... It, it's so weird. It, he did the same thing you did, in a way. Instead of listening to the criticism or being like, well, it's not his thing, it was like, screw you, you're an idiot, you know? Yeah, you know? And I mean, like, you know, I mean, ultimately what I told him is that, like, look, a comedy is supposed to make you laugh. It's not supposed to make everybody in the room scream at the screen, make it stop, make it stop, oh my god, make this just stop. And uh, his, uh, um, I don't know, like, this is my the most infuriating argument of it. I actually find this more infuriating than the Roman Coppola, like, yeah, you're right, it's a bad movie kind of thing. I don't necessarily mind admitting your shortcomings. Uh-huh. But I do, but I do mind this defense of saying, "Look, this is a first film for us, okay? And so cut us some slack. This is our first film. It's like, look, the Coen Brothers' first film was Blood Simple. I don't think like your first, like because it's your first film, that should be a defense. Like, critics don't. When's the last time you read a review? Like, did you ever see a review from the late Roger Ebert that said, "But you know, it was their first film, so I'll give them an extra star." You know, <laughs> it's like. Just because it's your first film doesn't mean it's the first film I've ever seen in my life. Like, I shouldn't, like, that shouldn't be an excuse. You know, you should at least know what well, I feel is. like because you and I came uh, back in the 80s when um, all those people made their first films and they were all good. They're surprisingly good, probably their best films ever. Right. You know, um, Clerks, right. My Life in Turnaround, El Mariachi. Uh, right. Was it, it was straight out of Brooklyn. Yeah. Boys in the Hood. I mean, those are all incredible first movies. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, I guess you want to grade it on a curve. It's still a it's a childish <laughs> film, and the acting's not right. great. And I don't, I don't. Some movies like that work. Um, student bodies work. Maybe because we were thirteen, when we saw the Ellens. Maybe we should get a thirteen-year-old to tell us what they think of this movie. I'm friends with a fifteen-year-old. Sub. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> I'll stop there. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's funny because like. Uh, He's a he's a he's a friend of mine. He was an actor in the show that I just directed, and um, he's it's it's interesting to see through him like all these movies that I enjoyed when I was uh-huh. his age that he's seeing like for the first time now, like King of New York, you know, and uh, Goodfellas and Mean Streets. Like he's seeing in Taxi Driver, you know. Um, so I mean, it's like if you want to like, I mean, I saw Boxcar Bertha, which was. Scorsese's first movie <laughs> and uh, I think probably made on a budget less than cheerleader uh-huh. ninjas uh, quite frankly and uh, and it's actually a pretty damn watchable movie and, like it's it's got all these flaws because it's you know it's a you know violent TNA movie from the 1970s uh, but you know I, I watched the shit out of that movie that's actually a really really watchable Boxcar film. Bertha Boxcar Bertha the one with uh, Barbara Hershey and David holy Jerry. shit and, and and two to get yeah. those guys in a movie like that. I mean, who, you know, they became huge, huge talents. Yeah, or probably um, were great in that film too. Yeah, and uh, you know, like when I don't know, like the, <laughs> I just feel like if you're gonna, like I said to you on Facebook, like if you're gonna hang your hat on a Joe Bob Biggs review, mm-hmm. you're not a good filmmaker. Like if the that's conceit like, is that he you know, he reviews bad films. And then turns right. down being on podcasts. That's his whole. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you mentioned something about that on on Facebook. That he uh, did. Did you try and get him? Yeah, he, he follows me on Twitter. So I wrote him and said, "Will you be on the show?" And he said, "Contact my person." I contacted her per- his person. He said, "In a month." So I contacted the person. And she said, uh, "He's busy writing a book, but he writes for a living." Listen, you can carve out a half hour to talk on Skype about one of his films. Right. So, for crying out loud. So I was annoyed because I thought from his tweet that he wanted to do it. and Otherwise, I would have sold it better in the email, you know. I just kind of sent the email like, hey, let's set this up instead of this is what my show is. But um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Listen. I don't know. You've gotten some really amazing people. Though. Well, I was on my way to interview um, Orlando Jones when I got... I what got her fuck? email Seriously? saying, I'm sorry, he's not available. And I wanted to be like, uh, well, I'm in my car texting and writing you saying that I'm going to see Orlando Jones, which uh, interview will be next week or the week after. I'm going to try to milk it and get on iTunes, but, awesome. which I never do. But um, he talks about, actually, interesting, he'll talk about stuff that he was, movies that were good and bad or why they were bad, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, he's done a lot of great films and. It's it's kind of weird to talk. It is weird to like he talks about that movie uh, Double Take, and it, it's just weird uh-huh. to hear him. How, he's just being so political, saying something bad about one of his films, you know. Or uh-huh. but he's very I don't know. There's a way to do it, I guess, and that's the way he does it. Yeah, I think. I mean, I know that it's hard to tell from experience. I know that sometimes it's really hard to tell if you're in a bad movie. Um, you know, like I was in a movie uh, a few years ago, uh, just it was just a bit part, and I'm watching the movie, 
Uh, this is like, I don't, know, I don't know how long ago it was, but like, I'm like at some point I was at a screening of the movie and all I'm thinking is I'm watching everybody on screen. It's like, God, if I had their lines, I would be awesome. <laughs> if I had their, if I had, if I were given this part, I would be so good in this part. And then my scene comes up and I'm, I'm the worst thing in the world. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like. Jesus, I'm I'm like I'm like Channing Tatum bad. Like I'm like I'm like what terrible movie is this? in it. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna say because he's a friend of mine. Oh but, no! One. Well, you. Uh, he told me that you were the worst to... part of the film. Oh yeah, no, and and he'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty bad at it, but I'm just sort of like Jesus, and I thought I was really doing my best. But it, I can say like sometimes you don't have any concept as to whether or not the movie is going to be any good. Like when you're in the thick of it. Like, you know, when you're on the crew or when you're doing it or whatever, sometimes you're just one small piece of the puzzle. Um, but I also, I mean, I've been involved, you and I have both been in plays at different times, and we know when the play's not good. Like, I, I feel like you know that, you know, when the play that you're in isn't isn't a good play. You know the improv um, group show you're in is not good when it's an improv group. <laughs> I guess that's, yeah. And then yeah. you're like, wow, this is an improv group. Oh, I'm in an improv group. That's why it's so bad. Um, well, back to cheerleaders, uh, cheerleading ninjas or yes. cheerleader ninja. It, it's, um, you know, they're trying to be like rock and roll high school, like over the top. And I, right. I just feel like it, it just doesn't work. And if you like, no, maybe if you're 13, you should definitely watch this movie. And if you think like a 13-year-old, don't watch it because you're going to be disappointed. And there's a lot of boobs in this film. Not to there's there's full frontal nudity. Oh yeah, specifically that was weird. from uh, Kira Reed. Yeah, Kira Reed, who like is if you like is like big on Skinamax. Like you know, like uh, uh, I get the feeling they had her for a day of nudity, <laughs> and uh, she's the best thing in the movie. Not just not just, and I'm not just saying that because like, ooh, she gets all naked and everything. It's just like, no, she's the best actress in the movie. Yeah, like, she's, she's good. <laughs> the woman who played the principal was good. I thought there was some good people in it. I figure if the the gay guy wasn't an over top gay guy, I'm sure he'd be a good actor. It's a terrible choice. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I just yeah the whole this there are two things in the movie that I feel or two things that I think about that like I feel like these are this is the this is the example as to why it's not good. Like there's a scene where the the gay guy that we're talking about or the gay character that we're talking about um, meets up with the one black guy in the movie. I mean, there's a black extra, but never mind. But there's there's one gay guy in the movie, or black guy in the movie, and he's wearing what's supposed to be like a Malcolm X shirt, but it's clearly just a black shirt that they put white no, tape on. No, masking tape. Not even white like, tape. <laughs> yeah, masking tape. Like, they didn't even use scissors to cut it. Like, it's clearly ripped by hand to put yeah. on him. And at one point, the, the gay character says something like, um, you know, I've always liked black guys, you know, when I was in summer camp in Harlem, I, and then he gets cut off and I just went Harlem, you know, where the blacks right. come the from. The only people who place you like... find black people. Oh, I was right. thinking like, how weird is it? Cause all the black people, all the people from Harlem are going to other places for camp. <laughs> you're the, you're the only right. one at this camp. Yeah. Right. It, like, do you even know where Harlem is? Like, at any rate, it's like, but then at some point the black guy whose name is Mr. X, right. I think in the movie, suddenly for no reason, he farts and we know he farts because we don't just hear the sound effect. The camera actually cuts down to see 
like smoke from a smoke machine. Uh, well, out of a, like a fake axe. It's like special effects. Yeah. Right. And then the gay guy leans down and looks at the camera uh, and starts and starts huffing up the smoky fart. And then looks at the camera and goes, what a man. And then as if that wasn't enough to explain to us, then they cut to him leaving the place and him turning to the camera and giving like a big Mentos style <laughs> thumbs up. And I'm just sort of like, what are you even trying? What is the joke here? That that farting is manly? That gay people like farts? That black people fart more because they're more manly? What are you even trying I was, to say? Yeah, I was this? trying to figure it out. But it, I guess in this person's world, gay people love ass and they love the smell of ass. Right. That's what he's trying to say. Right. And a lot, they explain right. the idea and theory of fart. I mean, they don't just fart and eat beans like in Blazing Saddles. They fucking go into what farts are, where they come from, right. what's a better fart. It's a whole, like, theology of farts. Yeah, again, it's 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 near fetish level of their, like, of uh, of how far they're willing to go for, like, adding a fart to every single moment uh, in this movie. And I know that, I know that Tony Osio is going to come on the Facebook thread and say, um, actually it's not every single moment. There are a few seconds where nobody says anything about farts. It's not even close. And I feel like, because I know that Tony Osio is like, he's out there in the world. (laughs) Like, I feel like anytime I say anything that's not factually correct, he's going to come find me and send me a fisking email saying, um, actually, (laughs) You know, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, not every second. It's maybe every 400 seconds. So that's incorrect. So my movie is good. So this movie is, if they're not farting, there's exposition or boobs. So. Right. There's, yeah, there's a, there, I remember mentioning in my review, and I honestly don't even know why I mentioned it. There's a scene in the movie where like one of the characters sings a song called Last Night I Stayed Awake and Masturbated. And I mentioned that it's like, the thing is, is that they not only do this song, but like they get the words wrong in it. Um, and I mentioned that it's like, cause, and I put the actual words that I remembered from the song up and he commented back saying, it's like, you know, I talked to Kevin Campbell last night and he thinks it's really funny that you think it's so important that we get the words right. <clears throat> My point is, is that like, if you needed explain to you the certain sentence structure and timing and cadence of the way you say things makes a line funnier, then maybe you should stop writing comedy. Like, what do you mean? You know, like the fact that like last night I stayed awake and masturbated doesn't actually fit into the song that they're singing along with, and that they don't quite get all the words right because like the, again, there's a there's a level of like where the punchline actually hits a little funnier. Um. And he was saying, it's like, look, Kevin Campbell heard that at a party and he thought it was funny, so we thought we'd throw it in. And what I never got a chance to mention, because at this point I was tired of dealing with Tony Osio, was that where I heard it was on the radio uh, on a show called Being Crazy on WBAI mm-hmm. in New York. Um, which, it's like, by the way, that means you're plagiarists. <laughs> by the way, maybe you, maybe you should have checked to see if somebody else had done that song, like, on a show somewhere. Yeah, do we put in camp songs? Because remember we used to sing about... Vomit. There's a lot of funny songs about vomit and keep a comment mm-hmm. keeps your teeth turn green. Vomit, right? Like all yeah. that stuff. Like why right. didn't he put that in a movie? That's funny. That's child. Right. It's like as funny as farts. <laughs> Maybe this is a good camp movie. Maybe it, literally camp, not campy, but 
Yeah. Camp Winnehaga. Not Camp E, but like. In Harlem. Maybe if you're stuck in a camp in Harlem where there's nothing to do but go to a bodega. Today we're going to go <laughs> on a hike back. to a bodega. And then uh, we're going to <laughs> go to a museum, a bodega. Bring it back. A uh, restaurant. <laughs> and then we're going <laughs> to go shopping for garbage bags. And then we're going to go over here and buy a dress. I mean, what else? There's no camp. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's funny because, like, there's a bunch of, if you, again, it's on the IMDb page. You see some people talking about how, what did you expect with a movie called Cheerleader Ninjas? I mean, you know, did you expect to be intelligent? Did you expect it to be this or that, you know? Come on, look at it for the funny movie that it is. Or look at it for this, you know, it's like, I, I just don't feel like if you're a filmmaker that you should start from a level of making excuses for uh -huh. what you've done. Like, you know, like, shouldn't we expect something? Like, you you talked on, on about the Ninja Cheerleader movie, the one with George Takei, about how, like, the fighting wasn't very, like, wasn't wasn't all that good. You mentioned something about how, like, uh, the fighting in Ninja Cheerleaders, you know, didn't really look like, you know, wasn't necessarily good fighting. Um, but in Cheerleader Ninjas, like, they're not even really trying. And I, and I said at one point on, in the review, in the original review that I wrote... Like, I don't understand why you cast these women. They're not good actresses. Um, they can't act. They're not funny. And they can't fight. And they don't get naked. You know, so I don't get why you ended up casting them in the first place. Like, what do they bring to the table? And Tony Osio responded to that by saying, well, look, we tried to, we, we had in their contract or whatever. We had, we made an arrangement with them that they would do a nude scene and they all rescinded. Ah, uh, they did, didn't they? <laughs> Because all the boobs are and shot went, neck down. Right, because it's because that's all Cura Reed and. When do they all woman. look the same? See, um, I thought the fifteen-year-old yeah. me is like, "What's going on?" Furious, furious inside. Yeah, um, and so like you know, I'm like, but that's your argument that like that's that's all you have to say to that is just well, we wanted to get him naked, but you know. <laughs> but There's an interview do just it. to cross promote. Uh, I did an interview with the women who were in. The new trauma film, uh, Return to Newcomb High, Volumes 1 and 2. And they said they did all their sex oh, yeah, scenes. Yeah. That's the live episode. They did all their sex scenes on the first day. And that's something I'm Ooh. sure he's learned over time, Lloyd Kaufman. To just get yeah. it out of the way. Rock and roll high school, same thing. Rock and roll uh, for rock and roll nightmare. Maybe that's a great movie. Have you seen that, Rob? Oh, it's so good. I've never seen but, that. Um, the women who are supposed to get naked, they get there and they change their mind. So, yeah. Because, um, yeah, they got you. You're shooting for two weeks. And um, you can't reshoot everything. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, um, <laughs> I, it's like, I guess there's something to that. But I also think that there's probably something to it's like, you know, I think when, when you ask any actor uh to do a nude scene for a movie i feel like in this day and age like you're asking you're asking yeah. them for a lot because oh, it's gonna be on the internet yeah. forever um right it's gonna be there forever like i have friends who i went to uh that i went to high school and college with and people like you know who uh you know they did like you know they were in a movie they did a topless scene and uh you know and i've had those you know it's like where when i've looked for a friend online it's like oh there's a picture of her Oh, it's a picture of her topless because she was in so and so right. movie <laughs> doing this topless scene, kind of a thing. It's like whether and it's like she's not like the most famous person in the world or anything like that, but it's like 
wow, yeah, that would be that would be there forever. <laughs> like, you know, I get annoyed if somebody tags me in a photo on uh, Facebook and it's not particularly <laughs> <Right>. flattering. <laughs> bad enough that floats around the internet, but then you got the naked picture of you. Right, but... Right, because, you know, because there are people like Mr. Skin who, like, you know, they'll catalog you just in case you eventually become famous. You know, like, if you've got an IMDb page, there's always that chance. Uh, except, by the way, in the case of Tony Osseo, because... <laughs> Last night when I looked at the date on his comments and was happy to see like it said 2004 on it and here it is 10 years later and I looked at you know at uh, uh at his IMDb page uh and his singular credit is cheerleader ninjas and I feel like yeah I won <laughs> I I win Tony Osseo I win Here's a part of the show where we say something nice about the movie say something nice about cheerleading or ninja cheerleaders or cheerleader ninjas Cheerleader dinges. Yes. Um, well, uh, if anything, uh, you know, it's always nice to see Kira Reed. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, it is, at the very least, uh, paced quickly enough uh, that there's so very little time between all those moments that don't work. Um, <laughs> I wait, feel wait, wait, like... <laughs> not, this is not the backhanded compliment section. This is the oh, okay. I'm sorry, sorry. Let's say something. Okay, I will say something nice about it. So you uh, Kira... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Kira Reed is just adorable uh, in everything she does, um, you know, and uh, I think the fact that she came down clearly did one day uh, shows a level of, of uh, good sportsmanship, uh, I feel. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to appreciate Tony Asio being so thorough in finding everybody who ever reviewed Cheerleader Ninjas. Uh, that that level of uh, that level of Internet stalking is uh, not uh, easy to keep up. I welcome you uh, to our Facebook group, Tony, in, in advance. Anyone else wants <laughs> to join and comment in the films, please do. Go to Facebook. Uh, I will say um, I did laugh a few times. I did think the scene, they show the, the kids in the high school in the bleachers, and they had like a little sign for each oh, click yeah, of yeah. kids, and uh, that gets funnier and funnier. That was a funny gag. I like that. Um, always a fan of nudity. I appreciate that. Thank you for the... You know, you can't get mad at people for trying. And um, I'm sure there's some other jokes that I thought were, uh, that I found funny. The very first joke in the movie I did laugh at, the the, the other other titles we were going to use. All right, what made me mad about that was that none of these titles were plausible titles. They were just crazy things. the actual movie, yeah. You know, like Cheerleading Ninjas, Ninja Cheerleaders, whatever, those are all already funny titles, and there's other things about cheerleaders who are ninjas that you could say mm-hmm. that i don't know just like crazy work it's like that masturbation song like i guess you're just throwing in all the funny stuff you can think of right so funny and lines it, and yeah if it is actually funny i don't have a problem with that inherently like if it's if it's just funny then and it works then i don't have a problem with just like throwing it in um, oh, I also have to mention that, like, in the review that I wrote, I made some comment, some snide comment at the end about how, like, did even Troma pass on this movie? Yeah, because oh. Troma's known for, like, buying up, uh, um, like, you know, low-budget movies and then distributing them. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, his response, he responded to that and said, we got an offer from Troma that didn't impress us. Oh, I'm sure it was a um, terrible offer. Yeah. <laughs> but more and, people would have seen it. Yeah, and uh, but then you know he's like, but we got an offer from Lions, but we this got bought up by Lionsgate Entertainment, so it takes talent 
to get a movie distributed through Lionsgate Entertainment. Um, I don't have a comment to that, so I'm looking to you, Adam, to comment on whether or not it takes talent to get distributed through Lionsgate Entertainment. Uh, uh, a, a, apparently a not, not with this one. Yeah, I guess not. The answer well, is I mean, no. I mean, there's evidence right in front of you. You don't need me to tell you. Yeah, I mean, there's also... I don't know. I mean, do bigger companies like Lionsgate, do they often like buy up a crap load of movies that just on the basis of the title figuring, you know, with a very small distribution, like yeah. the idea of being that, you know, they'll just sell it along with like a, as a package deal with a lot of other movies. Yeah. You think about like Lionsgate was new then. They might've even still been artisan at the time or, you know, they might not have been who they, they're definitely not who they are now. And also DVDs was a lot, it was a lot bigger. So, they had those to, to fill up the shelves in the DVD rental stores that don't exist anymore. So at the time, there's a great title, like you said, I'm sure it's a great box, um, the poster art. They put it there. Yeah, they, people would rent it. I mean, I would have rented it at the time, I'm sure. I did. Um, yeah, and, well, there you go. Yeah, and it's funny because like, if you look at the trailer that Lionsgate put out, you know, hey, as somebody who, who makes trailers... Um, you know, I gotta say, it's like, yeah, it's a good, it's a well put together trailer. It certainly makes the movie look a lot faster and funnier than it actually is. Um, you know, it's certainly better than the trailer that Kevin Campbell himself made. So <laughs> they certainly know how to market the movie. You know, uh, I mean, it's a title that kind of sells itself. I, I, I will also add that, like, Joe Bob Briggs, in, I, I had to look and search for Joe Bob Briggs' review of this movie. And, uh, uh, you know, the like the fact that it says somewhere in the review, like that it's it kind of insinuates that like this is the best movie about cheerleading ninjas that's ever been made. Oh, well, there you go. First of all, he's wrong. And then now I know it's like, and then a year later, Ninja Cheerleader came out, and and Ninja Cheerleaders came out. And what's great is that my friend uh, Buck Hakes um, watched Cheerleader Ninjas with me when I when I first saw it. And then he's now, and then he moved to LA and was an, an extra in Ninja Cheerleaders. <laughs> and I find that amazing. Uh, that just a, just a mere, less than a year later, somebody else decided to take the Ninja Cheerleading challenge. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to make a better movie than Kevin Campbell and Tony Osseo if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> right. And it's not saying it didn't take much work. No. To no. do that. Yeah. No, it took all of casting George Takai or George Takei. Now I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was well, driving me nuts last episode because uh, you guys kept saying George Takai and it's George Takei. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That makes me crazy too. Um, and I only know that because George Takei says, you know, because it, he explained because it rhymes with gay. Um, that's what that was. Oh, boy. And that Takai sounds very much like a Japanese word that means expensive. Uh, so I think both are actually correct. I think both Takai and Takei are actually correct, but he goes by Takei. Well, I understand coming from Rob Matashita <laughs> that if you, if you mess <laughs> have... up pronunciation. Right. <laughs> well, this is Adam Spiegelman and Rob Matashita. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, apologize to the listeners. I know that makes me crazy when people say the name is wrong. So, Rob, tell us about yourself. Would you recommend this film, yes or no? Cheerleader Ninjas? Yeah. Uh, to my enemies, maybe. Uh, no, I would not. I would not recommend Cheerleader Ninjas. Yeah, neither would uh, I. It was not an enjoyable time. Absolutely not. If you're looking for a movie that's like this and you want to enjoy it more, you know, like if you've never seen the original Blazing Saddles, go ahead and see that. 
you know, like that's pitching at, at the level the cheerleader ninjas kind of aspires to. If you want to go lower budget, I guess, student bodies, if you can find it, you know. There's got to be another movie like that that's great. Pandemonium is okay, I guess. Yeah. Friday, um, we're missing something, but there's a lot of other... Well, go on our Facebook page oh, and tell us what... Go, go ahead, yeah, Rob. Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite is actually a perfect example of, like, that hits on the level the Cheerleader Ninjas is aiming for. Um, you know, Black Dynamite, I would recommend that over Cheerleader Ninjas. If you're thinking uh, about doing either one of those movies. Great. Well, um, yes, Black Dynamite is a great film. Go to our Facebook page, join it. I'll say yes, and tell us what film you would recommend what wacky way out comedy you would see and i will be on your podcast called uh 10 minutes about your favorite movie and we're going to talk about what uh, we can't say about, we can't say well they'll see it. it'll be in the title so we'll we can talk about it you've talked about it on this show i will say that that it is that it is almost a crossover thing and it will be a, it will be a movie that we have talked about or that you have talked about on this very show it's trucks but i love that you picked trucks <laughs> It's in the title, you said. I know, it's in the title, so. It's, uh, but I love that I, I put three, like, really good movies, then The Room, which is, like, the Star Wars of bad films. You right. send, send the emails to reachadam at, mad, at mac.com if you're mad at me for saying that. But, um, and then I put tracks, and the fact, this is why we've been friends for 30 years, that you pick tracks is pretty awesome. Well, it's like, I'm always going to try and pick the redheaded stepchild Right, uh, that's why we're friends. <laughs> and uh, like, and uh, because I've seen tracks, and I want to talk to you about that. It's like I want to talk to you, talk to you about it because listening to the episode that you did with Shadow Stevens, it like brought the whole movie back, and I was happy to hear that. And I'll talk about this when we get to when we when we're talking about it on my podcast. But that Shadow Stevens mentioned what his favorite scene was, and it made me so happy because it's my favorite scene too. So. <laughs> Uh, so, but we'll get to that when we talk about it on my podcast, which we're going to record right now. So it's proudly resents, proudly resents.com. Go back and listen to, uh, old episodes. Tell me, tell me which episodes you like, what movies you want to talk about changing the show a little bit to be more of strange movies that you should see and supposed to just the best of the worst. Cause all these movies is pretty much recommend except for today. Um, for starting today. tomorrow and <laughs> there's other good reviews and interviews so check that out and um that's it orlando jones will be in next week or the week after all right uh at proudly resents join our facebook group if you're mad at me tell me and if you didn't if you like this review yell at rob he will never forget it <laughs> all right Adam, we're we're out of time for this interview. Hey, if you're still listening to this, you're probably a lot like me. You're the kind of person who stays through the end credits of a movie. I like you. Um, just consider this your little Easter egg. Here it is. Yeah, it's good. Just just watch it. And you're on. Uh, what's the big show you're on? The Vader show. Oh, um, Chad Vader, like they, they did their, uh, they still call me for stuff. And every once in a while I appear on an episode of, uh, beer and board games. But, uh, those are the guys from, uh, blame society. That's, uh, Matt Sloan and Aaron Yonda. And, uh, they did Chad Vader and, uh, uh, and I play Lloyd on the show, Chad Vader. Um, I'm the, I'm the guy who gets abused like all the time on the show. I get choked. Uh, there's a part of me that's the, if, 
no one can ever take away from me that I'm on the uh, Star Wars DVD or Blu-ray box set in the uh, fans, the 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 fan film section, getting choked. Um, so oh, if, no, if I've accomplished nothing else in my life, because I remember uh, when I forget, like it was when uh, somebody somebody emailed me, a friend of mine emailed me and said. You know, it's like, dude, you're on StarWars.com. And I went to StarWars.com and up in the corner, uh, there was a like animated GIF of me getting choked by Chad Vader over and over and over again. <laughs> and, um, I can't tell you how much that moment meant to me as, a, as, as, uh, as somebody who was a little kid when the movies first came out, you know. You made so, it. You, you should yeah, love with that. You're basically... Yeah. <laughs> I've made an impact on the world. I'm, I got choked on StarWars.com. Yay. 